0: Welcome to Messy Closet, the spiritual journey of Generation X. I'm Roseanne Carlo, and here we explore the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and the lessons my friends and I may or may not have learned. Welcome back, and again, thanks to Podbean and Soundtrap for helping me bring you this latest episode. Messy Closet. And to all of you out there listening, I appreciate you all so much that you listen to what I say and either agree or don't agree, but you're listening. And I really do appreciate that, especially today on Valentine's Day. Now, back in the day, I remember like giving cards out at school, those little ones that you would like pop out, they were perforated, and you would write your whole class's name on each one and individually give out a card, maybe a lollipop with it, something like that. And as it grew into the 90s, for us, maybe we were getting stuff for girlfriends or boyfriends, who knew? But in the early 2000s, I do remember going out with friends on Valentine's Day if we were single. and never thought to call it Galentine's Day and didn't actually know where it originated. So if you've never watched Parks and Recreations like me, there was an episode called Galentine's Day that aired in 2010 on February 13th. So that is what officially became Galentine's Day. What do guys do on Galentine's Day? Single guys, I wonder. But cute concept. I like it. And because Gen Xers just have no fucks to give, we would call Valentine's Day Single Awareness Day, which just made everyone without a significant other feel pretty bad. But I'm here to tell you not to feel bad because the original Valentine, Saint Valentine, was a Roman priest from the third century so i have a blog about this up on online, and it tells a little bit about the history of actual valentine's day so it's been called a hallmark holiday but it's actually not because it's got ancient roots it's created in love darkness of night betrayal and immortal words and it's celebrated on february 14th everywhere but in eastern orthodoxy this day they celebrate on July 6th and it honors courtly love. So courtly love is actually something that was very popular in medieval times between the knights and the noble women and this was non-consummated love. This was putting women up on a pedestal, bringing them flowers and gifts and all of these things, but there was never anything beyond the idea of the romance. And this was a very big deal between the 1300s and the 1500s. And this is because of all of the arranged marriages for, you know, land and money and nobility and power and all of the things that you need status in life. So the notion of it, though, was really uh, revolved around chivalry and nobility and The whole courtly love thing is actually where beauty pageants originated so these women in medieval times would have these competitions and they would be given crowns as queens of love and beauty at these tournaments that would later be pageants so i think that that's a really interesting thing to know that pageants and beauty standards really went back way further. And of course, now we go back further to Roman times. So it was about 270 AD and Valentine, he was a holy priest of Rome and he was executed by the Emperor Claudius II. So this guy, Claudius, he was the emperor from 268 to 270 AD. Now, he was like this warrior, bloodthirsty guy, and the myths and legends surrounding him was that he was so strong, he once punched a horse in the mouth and knocked all of its teeth out with one punch, and later he did this with a boxing opponent, just knocked his teeth out. This is how fierce this emperor of Rome was. Now, we hear about a lot of really crazy emperors Caligula Nero Caesar right but Claudius was the most bloodthirsty and he loved war so he had won all of these battles it probably was some kind of like narcissistic sociopath right just no feeling rammed through everything killing people left and right but his army was so grateful that they elected him emperor and what he thought was that love marriage family attachments don't make good soldiers and that's probably why he was such a good soldier because he was not attached to anyone so he outlawed marriage and he figured that this would make men want to join the army because they could not now create a family so valentine this holy priest is like yep this is outrageous no way not happening so under the cover of night he is performing marriage ceremony for those in love and of course there's a betrayal someone lets the emperor know and he is arrested so he's put in a jail And if anyone has ever been to Italy and gotten to go inside any of the ancient ruins or any of the ancient prisons, these were like little caves that you could hardly stand up in with like these big, thick iron bars and huge locks. The door probably only opened once when they put you in and once when they led you out to your execution. Word gets out that Valentine has been arrested. So one of the jailer's daughters went to visit him and they struck up a friendship, which became a courtly love because obviously he was never getting let out of the prison and she wasn't going to ever get let into the prison, so they were never going to be together. And February 14th, 270 rolls around, and it's the day of his execution. And he he writes a note and leaves a note for the jailer's daughter, which is what I would assume to be a love note. But the signature reads, from your valentine. So that is where that came from. So it really does show that no matter where you are in life, someone can always show you their love and affection and appreciation. So that is the ancient roots of Valentine's Day. But the really, I guess, hmm, horrific story was the St. Valentine's Day massacre that took place on February 14th, 1929, in Chicago, Illinois. And this was between Al Capone and the North Side Gang. And they were these huge rivals, right? So it was Capone and it was Bugs. Bugs Marone. And they were these bitter rivals and they wanted control of the bootlegging and the trafficking going through Chicago. Now Al Capone was from Brooklyn and Bugs was born in St. Paul, Minnesota. So they both end up in Chicago during Prohibition time, and they're just fighting for territory, fighting for control. And one day, Al Capone and his people are out at a hotel in Cicero, Illinois. So back to the story. Al Capone is having lunch, right, with his, with his people. And they're at the Cicero Hotel, And Bugs drives by with six cars, not six men, but six cars full of men and pumped about a thousand bullets into that hotel where Al Capone was. And then Al Capone finds out that there's like a $50,000 hit out on him. So he ordered the whole gang destroyed. So they find out about this whiskey shipment and four of Capone's men dressed as police officers go inside. Now, Bugs pulled up late for the shipment, so he sees what he thinks are cops outside his warehouse. So he doesn't go inside. He waits outside. He doesn't want to get arrested. So the men dressed as cops take the seven men that are part of the North Side gang and they make them face the wall and they just take out their machine guns and blow them apart. And it was two of Moran's best killers. And one of them was still alive when the real police showed up and they said, who did this to you? Who shot you? And in true mob code of silence, the answer was no one. Nobody shot me. So, Al Capone at that point had gone to jail for like tax evasion at Eastern State Penitentiary. And this is where they said he was plagued by the spirit of someone named Jimmy and he would scream that he was being attacked. Bugs could not afford to keep his operation going, but somehow ended up in Leavenworth, which is where he passed away. Al Capone contracted syphilis. He was let out of Eastern State Penitentiary, and he lived with his family until he died, and they said that he would fish in the swimming pool. So those are some really crazy Valentine stories, and we make all of these plans to be romantic. And what it mostly ends up being is a prefix dinner that's not worth it. (laughs) You have to go to places that don't have prefixed Valentine's dinners. I mean, it's not that they're bad, but it's just that you don't get the best choice. And I feel like it would just be so much better to go out to places that don't put that out there. I'm not into the prefix, I don't know. Do people like that? I like a la carte better. Like I would just prefer something like that. It's like prefix, I feel like I'm sitting at like a wedding or like a bridal shower, some kind of like big party where somebody is like picking the food for me. And honestly, unless I'm going to like a Michelin restaurant or I'm getting like omakase, I really just don't enjoy a prefix. What I do enjoy is chocolates, dark chocolates, especially any kind of flowers. I have these beautiful carnations that are just all different colors and they look so perfect under this multicolored lamp shade that I have. So I've got a lot of weird memories from Valentine's days. Like, I can't quite pick one out that was like, oh, my God, you know, this was great. What I mostly remember are just Valentine's Day parties in the 80s from from school. I think that um, that's really more my value. I do remember sometime in the mid 90s that Old Navy was giving out these old school, I called them at the time perforated valentine's cards and they were at the galleria in white plains which has recently closed i hate that all of our malls are closing from our childhood but i remember getting them there and yeah i i guess i don't know are you guys like the ones that make a huge deal about valentine's day or are you more like chill about it i'm a little more chill about it but i feel like I want to make a bigger deal about it, but it kind of just sneaks up on me. But all the holidays sneak up on me, to be honest. All the birthdays, everything sneaks up on me now. I used to be a better planner. But for Valentine's Day, I think of the Frank Sinatra song, My Funny Valentine. It's probably my favorite favorite Valentine song ever, or love song ever. I just think it's the sweetest because the line each day is valentine's day is how it should be so take valentine's day make it special but like i used to teach when i was a yoga teacher one of the things we would say is that peaceful feeling that you have at the end of class on your mat like take it with you take that feeling with you so all the good feelings that you're feeling today, whether it's for yourself and you bought yourself flowers like Miley Cyrus did, or you put your house on some wheels and rolled it away like Shakira did, or you were just in a commercial with your husband for Dunkin' Donuts like Benifer was, whatever that is, take the feeling that you have today and just keep going with it. For the whole year, like keep that feeling of like love and joy and happiness towards yourself, towards other people, because a big part of the spiritual journey is understanding that love is the key that unlocks so many doors. And obviously the love starts with yourself, but you have to spread it out so that it keeps growing and growing and growing. But love really truly is the key. So, if you want to live that life that you've only dreamed of, that life where, you know, anything is possible, the first key to that is love. So, remember that because this ancient Roman priest, Valentine, did teach us that back in the third century. And with that, happy Valentine's Day, everyone. And don't forget to keep art and keep love alive.